I'm going to ask you, if you would, please, just for a short, short moment, I want you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Would you do that, please? It's up on the screen. You'll be able to see the words. And I want you to read that with me. Uh, Psalm 91 is, is where we're going. And I want you to read that with me. So read it out loud, and let's read the Word of God together today. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word. We thank you that you are going to indelibly put it into our minds and our hearts today. You're going to remind us that you are our protector, and we thank you for that privilege. We ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The beginning of Psalm 91 actually begins, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide beneath the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. One of the privileges that I find in pastoring is that obviously there are more good things that offset the bad. And I ex experience the good things and the good times and the good experiences that I have in pastoring, but there are times that come our way as pastors that we run into that situation to that phone call, to that person in the hallway, to that one just stopping in, doesn't even know anybody in this church or know about this church, but all they know, it's a church. And they come to the window saying, can I talk to a pastor? My world is shattered. Those are the times that we experience and we understand why God has placed us where He has. And it's not a, there are not times of surprises. There are times, I believe, that we ought to expect because we are living in the last days. If you are aware of Scripture, it says that in the last days, perilous times will come. In fact, John chapter 16 and verse 30, Jesus, in having a discourse with His disciples, was telling them, you're going to have sorrow. There's anxiety is coming. Storms are going to blow. This is going to happen. And he says, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Now, how many of us know that if we can connect with somebody that's big enough to overcome the world, wouldn't that be a pretty good idea? Be a, be a nice person to have on our side. So Jesus begins to share this, and this morning we're going to, to just give you in a few moments this concept that God is one that protects. And you and I know all about protection. How many of you have locks on your doors at home? How many of you remember there was a day in your community that you didn't have to lock your doors? Lots of hands. But now we have locks on our doors. We have alarm systems in our homes for protection. We have sensors. We have lights that are built on motion detectors. And we have all of these things in place because we're looking for something that is going to give us 
protection. That's why we have part of the reason why we have the military. Some of the reason why we have the police, that if we get in a situation that we need help, we can call 911 and they will come and help provide protection. That's why we have sunscreen. Some of us don't always remember to put it on. Some of us try to tell our wife, I'm not going to get burnt. Some of us try to convince our wives that we're part Indian and my skin is turning red because of the Indian in me, not because of the sun. And then some of us pay the consequences and we kind of peel like a chameleon after about four days. But that's why they sell and that's why we buy sunscreen because it offers protection. That's why we have banks. That's why that if you ha want to invest your money, you don't go down here to some cloth type of a tent and say, hey, I've got $10,000 and I know you don't have a vault and I know you don't have any security, but will you hang on to this for me for a while? That's why we have banks. That's why we have insurance as a way of protection. That's why we have smoke detectors in our house and in our buildings and in our schools. That's why some of us get flu shots, because you want to be protected from getting the flu. That's why some of us use Band-Aids and keep Band-Aids around the house with our little kids because they fall. They get scrapes and boo-boos and, and they're ouchies and they come in and you clean it all up and put some bacitracin on it and then you put a Band-Aid over it because they need to have that area of their body protected that was hurt. So you see, all the way through our life, child safety seats, there's a host of other examples that I could use. But all the way through our life, we are used to using protection. And can I be a little real this morning? Because it is very, very obvious in the culture that we live in. There are many of our high schools today that think nothing of making the condoms available and passing them out because basically what they're saying is, if you're going to go ahead and have sex, you need protection. But what they don't say to those teenagers is that condom is not foolproof. And what they don't say to the young person is that condom will not protect you from embarrassment. It will not protect you from having your feelings shattered. It will not protect you from guilt and shame. It will not protect you from having a bad name when the word gets out that you're an easy person and all throughout the school you get this tag of being easy. They will not tell you that you can have protection from all of that. Because you see, everything that I named this morning is fallible. Your lock can break. The alarm system can malfunction. Everything that I've talked about this morning is fallible. So where do you and I find protection? Where do we find refuge in a world that is experiencing chaos and confusion? 
Where can we go? And Psalm 91 tells us very clearly that God provides a secure place in an insecure world. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide beneath the shadow of the Almighty. And I want to stop just for a moment and I want to focus on just a few words because we have this tendency of reading through a verse and we kind, of, we kind of fail sometimes to focus on these words. The word dwell or dwelleth simply means that this is an opportunity to create a permanent residence. It means that we have settled in and we've become intentional. My wife and I dwell at 875 Maple Hill Drive. That is our dwelling place. You will not have to worry about trying to catch us on a Monday or on a January or on a March because we have decided that that is where we're going to settle in. We have decided that that is our place, that is our dwelling place. It's going to be permanent. It's going to be constant. And at the end of long days, I love it when I get in my car and I start driving toward my dwelling place. And there's been evenings when I come in and Barb and I will maybe give her a hug and a kiss if she's lucky and, and we'll, and, and I'll come in of an evening and she'll be doing something and she'll turn around and she'll say, you're already in your pajamas. You betcha. This is my dwelling place. This is my haven. This is my refuge. No matter what has happened throughout the day and the challenges of the day, I know that I can go to my dwelling place and everything's going to be all right. You see, he that dwelleth in the secret place, and that secret place is not a mysterious place that nobody knows where it is. It's, it's simply abiding in the presence of God. It's simply allowing God to be a part of our life. It's simply understanding what we sang this morning and what Pastor Jason was admonishing us to do. Surrender all, surrender all, and make God your dwelling place. Because he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow. What about that word shadow? You see... To dwell in the secret place reveals our conduct. To abide in God's shadow is our privilege. And you know, you know this. I know that you know this. So just let me remind us this morning. Do you know that shadow requires light? You can't have, I've got a shadow up here. Right behind me, I can see it to the side or the back, there's a shadow of me. The only reason there is a shadow of me is because I'm standing in light. And that's kind of a good way of gauging if we're in the shadow of the Almighty. Because friend, if we are walking in darkness, there will be no shadow. The only way we walk in the shadow of the Almighty is when we're standing in the sun. S-O-N. That's why Poxitani Phil has to come out of his groundhog 
little condominium on February. And he walks out, and if he sees his shadow, there's what? Six more weeks of winter. But if there is no light, if it is a gray day, if it is the clouds are darkened, he walks out, and supposedly, if he doesn't see his shadow, we're okay. Now, how many realize living in Erie, that doesn't mean anything? But the papers get it, and people come from thousands of miles away just to see if that groundhog is going to predict an early spring or not. The dwelling place is a place that we settle in. It's a place where we develop relationships. It's a place that becomes intentional. And then... God says he also will provide a shelter in the storm. Psalm 46, verses 1, 2, and 3 reads like this. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. God is my refuge. I've been teaching on Wednesday nights, and by the way, just let me do a little infomercial here. If you have time on Wednesday night or interested, our Wednesday night class takes the notes and the handouts of the Sunday morning sermon, and, and we expand on those. So Wednesday night we gather together about 15 to 25, 29 of us in, in room uh, 202, and we take the notes of the message on Sunday morning, and we, we work through them and talk them out, a lot of discussion, uh, insight. Uh, it's just a great time. It is a small group setting. It's a great time to share. But <clears throat> when we look at this, in the last couple of weeks, I've been sharing this with our people. I've been talking about what causes storms. I've been talking about what do we do in the midst of the storm. And we learned, friends, that sometimes when we are in a storm, God doesn't speak to the storm. He speaks to us. And, and we're learning some of the things of, of pastors been preaching that he's in charge. And this morning, we're now looking at some of the things that are responding to that he protects. Now, I just want to do a quick little... Uh, Illustration, honey, don't worry, I'm not going to call on you. Okay. Michael, come here, buddy. You're an intern, you get to do everything. What I want Michael to do is this Michael, I want you to hold this out like this. You stand there, hold it there. That's good, it won't hurt you. When God says He is our protection, what he's saying is, if we are willing to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, that he's our protection. But friends, I see it, I see it week in and week out. We have people who are out here doing their own thing, going their own way, developing their own forms of pleasure. And all of a sudden, something hits, and sure enough, a 180, and they're running back under saying, oh, dear God, 
I need your protection. I need your help. I need, I need, I need, I need. And, and when they work through that, back off they go. Well, I'm doing okay now, so maybe once a month is a good church attendance. And I'm doing all right now, so I don't really have to read my Bible like I used to because things are going pretty good. And then along this journey that we call life, all of a sudden, bam, another storm comes in, and here they come running. God, 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 I need your protection. I need your protection. God, provide. God, help. God, help. Do you remember a little saying that some people don't have enough sense to get in out of the rain? Yeah. No matter how long some people have been a believer, have been a Christian, have been a follower of Jesus, I'm not apologizing for this. I'm telling you it's a fact. Some of those people still don't have enough sense to get under the protection of Almighty God. And then... They come and want somebody to wave a magical wand over them and fix the problem. Now, this is not a guarantee. You say, Pastor Don, if I stay under here, will I, will I never have a problem? Will I never have an issue? Will I never get wet? No, even, thank you, Michael, even with an umbrella, you know you've used umbrellas enough. Even if, with an umbrella, if the wind is blowing hard and that rain is coming sideways, it doesn't matter how you hold it. <laughs> You're going to get wet. But the best bet is, as long as I remain in the secret place of the Most High, as long as I know that God is my refuge, as long as I understand there is protection and I can walk in the shadow of the Almighty, everything's going to be all right. I'm going to be okay. Now, what I said a moment ago may apply to some of you, and I hope that you don't take offense at that. That's just a fact. Some of us still as believers don't have enough sense to find the presence of God and make that our dwelling place. But we literally have a spiritual residence all over this country, all over this county, all over this city, and we're wondering why we're struggling so much. And yet, God is saying to us that if we will rest in him, that if we will allow him to be our resting place, our dwelling place, he's there to give us comfort. God provides shelter in the midst of a storm. God assures us protection. He assures us covering. He assures us security. We are continually surrounded with his presence. Here's the thought that I had. And one of the advantages that I have over you in the week is I get to think about this, and you don't have a clue what I'm preaching on. But something that hit me, it didn't really frighten me, but it, it woke me up a little bit. Here's the thought. What if God showed us the snapshots in our life where if his hand of protection had not been upon us, what would have happened? You see, my trust in God's protection is not in the fact that he's going to tell me every time he does it. 
My trust in his protection is that when I am in that place, even when I don't realize it, even if it's not my fault, even if I didn't see that person running a red light and coming into the intersection, God still protects. As God is my witness, you know people say, now I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, they've been doing lying all this time. You ever hear that? Preachers, speakers. Now, now I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm sitting there going, well, what have you just been saying for the last 40 minutes? So I'm going to do this. As God is my witness with my hand on the Bible, I was about 11 years of age. We were traveling to church. We lived out in the country, Indiana, so, that, so it's flat. There's no hills, hollers, valleys. It's all flat. We're going down this country road, and it intersects with a road. We're actually going north and south. It intersects with a road going east and west. And as we approach the intersection, there is a black car that's coming west, coming west, east to west, a black car, and it shoots across the intersection, and we just missed it. Mom and dad and myself, when we could gain our senses, dad slammed on the brake. And he had every name of the book he wanted to call this driver. But friends, I'm telling you this morning, we looked and we could not find a black car. We could not find a black car. And I'm talking about you can see down the road for at least two miles, uninterrupted, unobstructed. We could not find, but we know beyond a shadow of a doubt because all three of us witnessed it just prior to that intersection, that car. And obviously, I didn't know at the time, and, and as I thought about it and talked about it, it, I don't think it was so much a car that was black, but it was symbolic that the enemy was wanting to do something deathly to our family. And to this day, to this day, that was one time that I evidenced the protection of God's hand. And there have been times in my life that, that God has protected me that I don't even realize it. There's times that God has saved you from accidents and from harm and from danger, and you don't even know it. But see, that is where we have this faith in God that if we dwell in the secret place and we abide in the shadow, he will be there for us and he will be our refuge. And then number three, God provides escape from the enemy. If you read Psalm 91, and I won't take the time to go into all of these, but if you read Psalm 91, it talks about the snare. Well, that snare simply means hidden traps, things that we don't see, things that we don't expect, things that, that we're not anticipating, those hidden traps. The enemy loves to do that. In fact, let me say to you this morning that it's imperative, it's important that you and I stay awake spiritually, not only while I'm preaching, but all during the rest of the week. It's important that we stay awake because here's what happens. The enemy knows that you and I are going to get tired and weary and frustrated 
and maybe even depressed. And I've watched the Animal Channel long enough to know that the predator takes his time and watches. And if it's a herd of gazelle, or if it's a herd of she- if it's, it's a herd of I guess a sheep is a herd I don't know if if it's a group of animals together, that predator will wait because he's picking out the weakest one. Maybe it's the young calf. Maybe it's the one that's trying to stay up with the herd, but something has happened to the leg and it's limping and it can't quite stay up with the herd. And that predator will focus in on that weak one. And that's the one that becomes his prey. Friends, please listen to me. We are living in tough times and we are living in exciting times. But it behooves us today that we dare not fall asleep spiritually because the minute we recognize, the enemy recognizes that we are tired or that we are weary or we are frustrated, that's when the attack comes. Psalm 91.3 says, Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. The terror by night, those are things that are unseen, unknown, and imagined. The arrow by day, those are temptations that come our way. The pestilence, things that destroy our economy, things that cause us to to, to lose uh, faith and confidence in the economy of our community. I think it's important for us to remember this, and I close with this. Although we have divine favor, we are not exempt from trials and tribulations. Though our guilt of sin has been removed, we will experience the effects of sin in our world throughout our life. So my encouragement to you today is this. God protects. He provides a place of refuge if we dwell and if we abide. And what an assurance that we have in that. Can you say amen? Amen. Can you just look to the heavens and say, Happy Father's Day. I love you. I love you, Dad. Thank you so much. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning for this time together. We thank you that how that you have brought us into worship, how that you have had challenged us and and ministered to us through the prophetic word, and how that you then bring your written word to us and help us to understand that you are a God that protects us. So, Father, we thank you today. And I pray again on this Father's Day, I pray for every father, God, that you give them the courage, that you give them the strength and the wisdom to be the fathers that you would have for them to be. And I ask it now. Father, we pray that this day be blessed and ordered of you. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Have a blessed Sunday, and we give God praise for that. Amen.